fold now, you'll walk away with enough to get yourself your own little ship. You call. I'm gonna clean you out again. I don't know, I'm feeling lucky. You have it bad for the Falcon, don't you? It's mutual, trust me. She belongs with me. <laughs> you got everything you need there, pal? Silob, you would have beaten this. Fair and square, baby, fair and square. Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar. Welcome to another special Bantha Tracks bonus show. This is the Man Division podcast, so that part hasn't changed. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent, yet awesome Star Wars podcast. Remember to reach out to us on social media. We are at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show at mandovisiontom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. All right, we're here. It's bonus Bantha Tracks edition of the show. Uh, and, you know, I, I've mentioned I've been wanting to do some getting some Bantha Tracks stuff leading into Kenobi. Uh, well, unfortunately, we're, that's all been completely derailed this week by the Vanity Fair article that came out in Vanity Fair. And, you know what? Let's just do this right now Let's so that we can just dive into everything. All right, so I want you to go ahead and, and pick up your bucket and put it on your head. Strap it on, because it's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Let's talk about the Vanity Fair article, because by and large, I, I, I think it does what it's supposed to do in many, many senses. It's not necessarily a puff piece, but it's a promotional piece, right? It's there to get people excited about uh, Kenobi coming up next week. It's there to get people excited about Star Wars Celebration next week and all the things 
that are coming out in the world of Star Wars uh, for the rest of this year and then early in the next year. You know, we talk about the Andor show. They talk about the Ahsoka show. They go into the details of bringing the Mandalorian and, and Boba Fett to life. Uh, and they, they talk about some of the complications with the the films and why there's been why there haven't been any films in, in quite some time. And there's some interesting, interesting information in there. Uh, and there's some things... Let's put it this way. There, there are some things from the head of Lucasfilm, Kathy Kennedy, that I appreciate, that I uh, respect, and I, I'm glad that they're paying attention. I, I was really delighted to hear that they seem to have learned that you can't just bring in people as like hired guns, you know, and boom, 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 you know, knock out a Star Wars movie and then you move on to the next project. It is an investment of your time, your resources. You're there two, three, four, five years, you know, longer if you're planning out a trilogy. You know, they, they, they recognize that there were mistakes made in the last era of, of the films, of the sequel era and the other films because they were trying to crank out the movies. You know, they're like, bring in this guy, let him tell their story, and then they're out the door again. No, no, no. This is this is Star Wars. This is bigger than just a, a studio tentpole picture for the year, right? There's more to it than that. It's it's where does this fit into the Star Wars galaxy? Uh, particularly because we seem to be sort of entrenched in the original timeline, the original trilogy timeline, I should say. You know, between A New Hope, and then like, we're starting to get into some post Return of the Jedi stuff, but not we're not going too far past there so far. So we're we're, we're firmly in in a, in a specific era, uh, and and so. Them taking note and, and realizing that, hey, listen, if you want to come and do a Star Wars thing, we want – like, you're our person. Come do Star Wars with us. But know that it's a huge commitment. Like, you're going to be here for a hot minute. And, you know, and it seems like they're getting uh, the, the directors who want to play in that by those terms. Like, it sounds like Taika Waititi will be the next feature film. And it sounds like he's going to be doing the work. And, and Taika is always invested. So I, I, I don't call that into question. It sounds like Patty Jenkins' uh, Rogue, Rogue Squadron picture uh, is, is shifting a little bit later, but because she's invested in the process, right? So it's, it's taking longer for her to, to kind of get the feel, get the tone, get all that stuff that she wants to be in, in the movie figured out. And that's fine. Take your time. This isn't about rushing to get the next Star Wars thing into the movie theaters. You know, we, we find out that John Watts, who recently departed the Spider-Man franchise with, with Sony and Marvel, is now coming aboard to do a, like a sort of 1980s Amblin-style romp with, with younger characters across the Star Wars galaxy, which could be interesting too. And, you know, John Watts was, was you know, buried in Spider-Man for a really long time. So that seems to make some sense too. And and, and, and and by and large, they seem to have learned a lesson in that regard that I that I that I respect. That they're paying attention, and they know that like you get into Star Wars, what you put into Star Wars. So you can't just kind of show up and be like, "Hey, this is what we're doing." Boom, 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 movie. I'm out and on to the next thing. No, no, no. That's a good lesson. the The lesson that I seem to have the most frustration frustrating. The most frustrating part of the interview, let's just go ahead and, and, and say it. Let's go ahead and get into the topic at large because this is what people have been asking me about. It has been coming up in conversation uh, on social media with me, with people who know me at work and in life in general. They know my Star Wars passion. And again, this has kind of become the, the hot button issue of the Variety Fair. Did I say Vanity Fair earlier? I meant Variety Fair. No, god dang it. Now I'm tripping my own self up. It, the Vanity Fair article. I don't know why I'm saying all the wrong words today. I'm just fired up. So let me read this section to you from the Vanity Fair article, all right? It begins, 
To keep minting fans, Lucasfilm must give new generations their own collection of characters to love and hate. And not every classic character can be brought back endlessly anyways. Kennedy is well aware of this all now. In The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett, Mark Hamill, 70, delivered performances as 30-something Luke Skywalker. But younger actors played Luke's body while advanced deepfake technology replaced the face. Bringing Luke to life is now a team sport. But that tech has its limitations, so does recasting. In 2018, in the 2018 movie Solo explored Han Solo's younger years, with Alden Ehrenreich taking on the role of the smuggler originated by Harrison Ford. The film has its admirers, but made less at the box office than any other live-action Star Wars movie. Solo's swagger may be too singular for another actor to replicate. Quote, there should be moments along the way when you learn things, end quote, says Kennedy. Quote, now it does seem abundantly clear that we can't do that, end quote. This is egregious. This is uh, the wrong lesson to learn from your 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 flawed opinion that Solo is is was a failure, just despite the fact that it made quote unquote the least amount of money at the box office for a Star Wars film, which by the way was still a ton of money at the box office. And remember, think about the world we live in now. <laughs> the bo- Woo! A solo would have been raking it in now. Trust me. Trust me about that. I, I want to try and be, and be respectful about this because I don't want to – you know, Kathy Kennedy has become something of a, of a target for a certain section of Star Wars fandom who thinks that Star Wars has gone down the toilet since the Disney acquisition. I am not in that camp. I completely respect Kathy Kennedy. I think she has a very hard job of – of, of shepherding Star Wars into this new era and into an era where uh, the fandom is more vocal, has more avenues to express themselves than ever before. And, you know, it's funny to think think about that, about the difficulties of it, because, you know, back in the early 2000s, we think that George Lucas had a hard time with the vocal minority of the fandom who really let him have it about the, about the prequels and how he got so frustrated with the backlash from the quote-unquote fans, that he was like, you know what, we're just we're, we're just done with with Star Wars for a little bit here. You know, what? we're just gonna take our take our lumps and we're gonna move on to other things. We'll, we'll do some animated Star Wars stuff, but that you know, I can't I can't handle you guys anymore. And and it's 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 crazy. So it, it's not an enviable job that that Kathy Kennedy has. And again, she's come under fire from a lot of uh, of Star Wars fan sites, uh, Star Wars podcasts, blogs, you name it, YouTube channels. Uh, there are again. There is a section of the fandom, and I would I would argue they are the toxic section of the fandom that thinks that she represents everything that's wrong with Star Wars now, and that it's all her fault, and, we, and that we blame Kathy. And and again, I do not blame Kathy for any missteps. And again, it's it, it's it's a growing process, and I I think there have been missteps, and I want to think that they've learned from these from missteps. But I think you're taking the wrong lessons from Solo, a thousand percent. We just talked. We just sung the praises of Solo on May the Fourth, and I stand by everything I said, and I stand by the rest of the fandom that supports that movie as well because they are right. They are extremely right about that film. That there are charms to it. That Alden Ehrenreich is not the problem with the film. That the recasting of Lando Calrissian is the problem. Again, if you were to make the argument that Solo has problems, it is not. The recasting, okay? That's not the issue with this film. 
the issue with the idea of recasting might be the section of fandom that can't handle the idea of someone else playing these roles. And I think that's extremely dangerous. When you're starting to listen to that section of the fandom that says, no, this can only be this. This person can only be played by this person. That's it. I think that's a really, really dangerous game to play. I don't have a lot of uh, understanding for that point of view. You will never... I, I Again, I am a staunchly supportive of the fact that Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill and, and the original cast of Star Wars made these characters iconic. Iconic. But they are far from the only iconic characters in cinema. And I'm going to get in trouble. I know I'm going to get in trouble for this because Star Wars fans aren't going to like what I'm going to say and the fans of the other franchise I'm about to bring up are not going to like what I'm about to say too. But you can make the argument that an equally iconic character, James Tiberius Kirk from Star Trek, again, I would say equally iconic, equally iconic, has now been cast, recast, by, uh, uh, twice. Twice. We have the classic Shatner Kirk. We have the, 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 uh, uh, the Chris Pike Kirk, right? No, Pine. Jeez, Pine. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking of the new Star Trek show. Chris Pine Kirk, all right? And then there's another new guy coming on board to play a young Kirk and the Strange New World show on Disney+. Plus. So that's going to be three actors playing James Tiberius Kirk. And who knows what the future holds in that role. But if you want to keep telling stories with, with, with James T. Kirk, you have to sort of do this, right? I think Star Wars is now in a point where they're considering playing a very dangerous game on a very slippery slope. And, and that is with the deep fake technology. Now, again, we have seen it deployed in Rogue One for Carrie Fisher and Peter Cushing. We have seen it deployed recently in the Book of Boba Fett uh, and The Mandalorian with Mark Hamill. Now, Mark Hamill, unlike Rogue One, uh, Mark Hamill was there. He's been a participant. He's been engaged in it. He's signed off on it. He's agreed to do these things. And, and you know... It, it has worked. By and large, it has worked. Does it look flawless? No. Uh, is it a little disconcerting to see sometimes? Yeah, I think it is, actually. Um, but again, I still get those feels. I still get those emotions. I, 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 I enjoy seeing the technology come to life. But again, Mark Hamill is very actively a part of the process, which I think is a very key factor in things, all right? We all know that in Star Wars... Uh, when you sign up to be in Star Wars, you're also signing away likeness rights because they want to make T-shirts and action figures and put you on uh, cups at Taco Bell and, and all these other things, right? So likeness rights are part of the contract that you sign when you go to be an actor there. And that that's sort of the, the thing, right? It's, it's just sort of a known commodity when you, when you mess with Star Wars. The question now becomes, what else is in those contracts? What else is in those writers? Like, does Lucasfilm now go up to Harrison Ford and say, hey, Harrison, we really want to de-age you and put you in into this season of The Mandalorian or this season of The Book of Boba Fett or like do a, a, another prequel thing in a different era and we'll, we'll de-age you and make you look just like you did back in like 1983. And if Harrison Ford tells you to go walk off a, the, you know, take a long walk off a short pier, well, you have his likeness rights. Do you just proceed without Harrison Ford's permission? I don't know if it works that way. I don't know... How you can do that, right? 
Or, I mean, again, if Harrison Ford passes away, which I'm sorry to say inevitably will happen, and you come up with a great idea for a Han Solo story, like let's say, let, 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 let's go to the future. Like let's say, and I hope they live this long, all right? I really, really do. I am not saying I hope they, <laughs> but let's say 30 years from now, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford have passed on, and, 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 and a writer, director guy is like, you know what, I have a really great idea for uh, a, an early adventure of Han and Leia and Luke, and it's set right after A New Hope, but before Empire, so they can do this kind of adventure thing where they're getting support for the Rebel Alliance against the Empire, and it could be a really big, fun time at the movies. Do And again, 30 years from now, who knows where the technology is at right now, but do, do, do they go... The people at Lucasfilm go, hey, well, we have their license rights. The computer technology has advanced this far. We don't even need people to be in this. Like, like we can just do this. Is that right? I and I asked that question as like sort of a, a sounding board. I I think there's a lot of moral ambiguity here with the deep fake technology, with likeness rights, and I think it's I think it's a really slippery slope. Like, how how would you feel watching a movie with your your dearly departed heroes, knowing that they're they're you know dead and gone, but you're watching them on the screen like that's unnerving. I think is the simplest way I can put that. So I'm concerned that they're either going to have to stop with these things, you know, like once these actors are officially unavailable because of the limitations of life. Does that put a does that does that put an end to the the adventures of these characters, or do they do they proceed in a morally ambiguous way? Well, like, well, well, we have their likeness rights. We'll just put you know we'll digitally put Harrison's face on some guy down the road. I I'm uncomfortable with that. It's it's a slippery slope. And again, I I don't even know how that would work out. You know, you would you would hope that they get permission of the family that there's like financial remuneration. Uh, for the for the for the living members of Harrison Ford's family for this process, but again, I, this is all like so new and it's so wild and it's so out there uh, that I don't know how to process it. Maybe I'm being an old fuddy-duddy about it, but I don't have a problem with the idea of recasting characters to tell stories of these characters. I'm sorry, recasting actors to play these characters at, at various points in their lives. You know, we all saw uh, the image that circulated. Uh, after a season two of The Mandalorian finished up, the 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 um the, that that really doctored up Photoshop image of Sebastian Stan as like a, a you know post Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker, and I thought he looked phenomenal, looked phenomenal, and I love Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo, and I love Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian, the, the, you know, and uh, you know, uh, on, on another podcast I used to do, we got into this about James Bond. Part of the fun of James Bond is like when you do get new James Bonds and you get to kind of read and react to that Bond and see how their take on the material is. You know, and it's sort of the same thing with like Doctor Who. Doctor Who's been around for a million years, played by dozens of actors now at this point. Now, again, the regeneration is part of the process, so it allows them to be physically different each time, uh, which, which is part of the charm. But I, I just i am very concerned about this moving forward. I, I, I feel like we're putting up boundaries on things that don't need to have boundaries and we're taking the wrong lessons from from the quote-unquote failure of solo when it came out and 
again, it was it was hard for me not to not to read that and feel like Alden Ehrenreich, in particular, but also everyone else in that movie just got thrown under the bus by Kate, by Kathy Kennedy and and, and Lucasfilm uh, by saying these things, and I feel like that is really 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 unfair and really bummed me out, especially because it seemed like Star Wars was trying to like learn some lessons from what happened. Uh, you know, some of the racial stuff that John Boyega went through during uh, when, when The Force Awakens first was coming out, when the first trailers were coming out, and people were losing their minds about a black guy being a stormtrooper. You know, the, the same thing happened in The Last Jedi to, to Kelly Marie Tran. And eventually, Lucasfilm came out and was supportive of these, of these people, but it was a very delayed reaction, and that it wasn't a good look for them. And you would have thought they would have come out and, 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 and got ahead of these things sooner. But it, lo- it looks like they're willing to like make Solo the scapegoat project, the, like, the black sheep of the, of the Star Wars family at this point, and be like, well, we learned a lot of lessons from Solo that we'll never repeat. Well, I got news for you, and the internet was quick to point this out. You've, you've all seen this, right? Uh, I'm not telling you anything you haven't seen on the internet that we all didn't think of immediately anyways. What are you talking about? You, re- you replaced Obi-Wan Kenobi with Ewan McGregor in 1997. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Like, what are you saying? Kathy Kennedy, what are you saying? We can't recast actors. You got a new show with a recast actor. I don't know. I mean, sorry. I mean, do you want to de-age Alec Guinness's face? Would that be the more appropriate Star Wars track? Of course, that's an overreaction. And you all know where I'm coming from with this. Of course, we want Ewan back. We love Ewan as, as, as Obi-Wan. We want this new show with Ewan. Don't get me wrong. But... Again, the short-sightedness of what she's saying is is very frustrating, very frustrating, and and makes it seem like I'm blaming everything on Solo, a movie that does not deserve that. So I I was a little upset by those comments. I like I said, I found them wrong, very very wrong, and uh, just not again not the lesson you want to learn. You're you're hoping that your head of Lucasfilm is is, is learning from. A, a perceived failure, quote unquote, is that well we can't replace the actors. That was the that was the real shortcoming of a solo. We talked a lot about what may or may not have influenced less of a box office for solo. And a lot of it may have been the fact that three months earlier than that there was another Star Wars movie out. I still stand by that. I think there was a bit of a Star Wars fatigue issue. People were like, we just saw Star Wars. What what are we doing here? <laughs> and again, the the sort of negative swirl of energy surrounding that movie because of the firing of Lord and Miller. These are the lessons that you should be attributing to, again, the quote-unquote perceived failure of Solo. Not that Alden Ehrenreich wasn't good enough to replace, Han Solo, to replace Harrison Ford. Not that Donald Glover wasn't good enough to replace Billy Dee Williams. And, and... Again, I'm not even saying re- replace isn't even the right word, but to just to to, to to wear the mantle for a while, right? You know, put on put on the holster, put on the cape, and 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 be that part for a little while. Like, I think actors should be very concerned in, in for the future of of cinema if if we're going to start relying on deep fake technologies and and this de aging process. And again, if you're signing away your likeness rights, the fact that you could be used when you're dead uh, is. I again, alarming. I, I hesitate to say ghastly or ghoulish, <laughs> but, but those words could also be applied in this instance. Now, again, I want to iterate. This is just this is, this is my opinion. 
I don't know how uh, you wonderful people in the audience feel about this. I, I it's possible I'm overreacting. It's possible that Kathy Kennedy was was misquoted or misspoke on this particular topic. I would love to see her come out and, and address this. Uh, you know, ne- again, next week is celebration. I'm sure there will be opportunity for her to address the crowd, to address more mem- members of the media. Uh, not me, apparently, because I wasn't good enough to get a media pass for the for the for the celebration. But what are you gonna do? There's always next time. There's always next time. But yeah, I, I, and I, I hope someone in the media, if they if they get a chance to talk to Kathy Kennedy, will will be like, hey, what are you doing? Are you throwing out? Are you throwing Alden Ehrenreich and, and Donald Glover under the bus for being recast as versions of classic characters? You know, like, are you really attributing again the perceived failure? Solo made a ton of cash. <laughs> it really, really did. So this this scapegoating uh, on Solo really bothers me. It bothers me a lot. But again, we're in a really interesting period with this defake technology. I'm I, I'm I'm cool with it with Luke because Mark Hamill's cool with it. He's on board. But again, like I said, if they come up to Harrison Ford and Harrison Ford tells him to you know take a walk, are they still going to do it without his permission because they own his likeness rights? Would they be willing to go that far? Would they be willing to risk potential lawsuit or litigation? Or will they wait until Harrison Ford passes on when he can't do anything about it? Uh, again, I don't know, but I I do know one thing in this world. Corporate greed is a real thing. And if Disney has a, a way to make some money off some people being dead and their faces being owned by them, I think they might try to figure out how to do it. And again, I don't want to insinuate that Disney's some sort of evil corporation because, again, that's not what I'm trying to say. They are the caretakers of Star Wars. They are also going to make sure that we always have Star Wars in our lives from now until we are all gone. And no one wants our likeness rights. <laughs> so we will not be uh, deep fake technology into anything. <laughs> so, and that's a good thing. But these companies exist for profit, right? And if they can figure out a way to profit with iconic characters who, whose actors brought them to life, uh, don't consent or, or are no longer amongst the living, I, would you be terribly shocked to see it happen? And that is why I say it is a morally ambiguous, slippery slope that, that we now find ourselves with. And again, I don't. I I, I hesitate to, to get into the Star Trek versus Star Wars conversation because I like both franchises uh, very, very much. But if you can, again, some would argue that Captain Kirk is just as iconic. Some would argue that Captain Kirk might even be more iconic than Star Wars characters because technically he predates, and and Star Trek is a very different animal than Star Wars. But again, you, the character's iconic, and that is now on his third actor playing James T. Kirk. You know, Spock. On to his third actor as Spock. It, it, it's happening in Star Trek. And, yeah, there's a little bit of... Uh, uproar is not even the right word. But, you know, some fans are always going to be upset about these sort of things. And, yes, maybe they're a vocal minority. Maybe they're not. You know, I don't, I don't really know. But a creative person has to be able to tell their story in, in the way that they find best right they want to be they should be they the the storyteller should not have restrictions placed on them like if kirk makes sense in that star trek story and they need a young kirk why not just get a young guy who kind of brings that 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 pathos that that uh uh, je ne sais quoi that kirk has and I, i i don't want to really want to use the word swagger but you know kirk kind of has a swagger especially young kirk 
why not let a new actor do that? Bring something to it. See what that person brings to the role. See what he adds to the role. And it's, it's the same thing with, with Aaron Reich as Solo. It's the same thing with Glover as Calrissian. It was really fun to see what they bring to the role. If we're just going to rely on like a body double and defake technology, I think we're, we're limiting what we can do with our characters, with these characters. And that's bad. That's not good. That's not something I want to see happen. I want to see if we're going to get more adventures of, of Luke, Leia, and, 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 and Han when they're young, new people need to have these roles so they can bring something fun to the part. And I, we, we, we risk being locked in place if we're just going to rely on body doubles and deep fake technology because an actor brings something to the part, right? They imbue a little part of them to that character. And, and I, I think it's, it's um, again, I, I don't want to, I, I think I'm, at this point I'm probably repeating myself a bit, but we're really limiting ourselves and what we can get from our characters and our, sto- and our storytelling if this is what we're going to rely on moving forward in Star Wars with, with, these, with, with, the, idea, with the notion of, of deep faking instead of recasting. I get it, recasting is controversial. And, and you know, sometimes you're going, to put, you're going to pick somebody that the fandom may have a problem with. Or at least a percentage of the fandom will, and maybe they're a vocal minority. Maybe they have a podcast or a YouTube channel with several thousand subscribers, and that'll get them all riled up too. And and um, you know, I, I I don't I don't want to say I understand, but I get the concern on a corporate level because you want Star Wars to be for everyone, but you're never going to make everyone happy. You just have to keep making the best Star Wars you can make, and you'll win these people over. In my opinion, you know, I, I again, I like Star Trek. I wasn't a, I wasn't sure this Chris Pine thing was going to work in the JJ uh, reboot, uh, but Chris Pine's a great Captain Kirk, and and it's the same thing can be, can be applied to Alden, to to Donald Glover. They brought it. They brought their charms, their charisma, their passion for Star Wars, and that's what you want to see. And I feel like that's what you're you're going to lose when you have to rely on a computer. Disagree? Thoughts? Anyone in the audience? Am I way out here on a limb? Again, I don't know. Disney and Lucasfilm and Kathy Kennedy, they are, the, they are our caretakers. They are the shepherds of Star Wars. They are here to, to um, make sure that, that, that Star Wars is for everyone. Except they're not doing a great job of it sometimes. And, and, these are the lessons I think they aren't learning quickly enough. Again, I, I cite the Kelly Marie Tran situation, the John Boyega situation, and how slow they were to react. Because again, they're trying they're they're trying to appease far too many masters uh, instead of focusing on their actors and the stories they're telling. And it's a it's a shame. And there's some other short sighted short sightedness in Star Wars going on uh, that I've already considered talking about more. As far as like the whole Star Wars is for everyone aspect, um, but we won't get into that too much right now. Uh, but there, there's been something going on in in the books and in the comics, which is great. Except they don't seem to want to do it on the shows or in the movies, and that's less great. And um, if you're plugged into any of those communities, then you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's a conversation that I hope to have with someone who is smarter than me, <laughs> because. Again, uh, 
it's not my area of expertise by any by any stretch. Uh, I am a middle aged white man, and and uh, you know, I, as a, as a big supporter of diversity, I, uh, I'm not always the best person to speak on it though. So we will have to have that conversation with somebody else. But I think you know exactly what I'm talking about out there, and uh, that's that's a real bummer too. And and again, there there. Lucas and, and Disney will have to realize at a certain point that they're just going to have to start making the right decisions, the, the morally right decision, as opposed to trying to appease the so many, many masters that they're trying to appease, right? At, at some point, you pick the morally right decision, and you go with it. And you know what? You lean into it, and you're like, well, this is Star Wars. If you love Star Wars, you got to come with us on the ride because we're going to bring in great storytellers. We're going to bring in uh, great actors. And we're going to keep telling awesome Star Wars stories. And the fandom will have to shift. You know, the, this, this, this section of the fandom that, that wants to be alienated, that wants to alienate the rest of fandom from the Disney version of Star Wars, they have a short shelf life. And I can wait them out. <laughs> we can wait them out. We just want good Star Wars. And I, I don't want a sort of watered-down corporate version of Star Wars where uh, they're they're afraid to do something because they don't want to make make everybody angry. Well, we can't anger this section of the population. We can anger this section of the population. And if we do this, these people over here are going to be really upset. You bring in the right people, the right writers, directors, actors, producers, casting people, the the whole thing. You bring in the right people, and Star Wars fans are going to follow you if you're doing the right things. And again, Star Wars is about doing the right things. And I wish Star Wars on the TV and the films would start getting on a little bit more on the moral high ground. But again, the topic for another time. But again, there is morality in this particular topic here as well. At one point, at, at a certain point, this this deep faking technology will become a question of right and wrong, of of you know, good or bad. Uh, you know what's what's for the best, and we'll have to see how it goes. You know, I'm here, I'm here to monitor these situations. I'm curious if you think I'm way out on a limb. I'd love to hear back from you. You know where I'm at at Mando underscore Vision Twitter and Instagram. Email the show at MandoVisionTom at gmail dot com. And and again, by and large, that Vanity Fair article uh, is really really nice. It gets you pumped up. There there's uh, it's a couple of, another another takeaway from that article that I do I do want to mention. Um, and I know I've talked about it on previous episodes of the, of the podcast, but hearing from, from Ewan McGregor, hearing from Hayden Christensen, talking about them talking about um, the, the, the backlash, the negative reactions that people had, by and large, the prequels when they came out back in the day, and, and uh, seeing how it's turned now, you know, 20-something years later, uh, and, and, and having these, these actors embraced for their performances, for their roles, and then welcomed back to the franchise for the Kenobi show. Uh, th- there's some really wonderful stuff in the piece. I, I don't want to poo-poo the piece. It's really just that one section that I found frustrating. <laughs> because, again, don't scapegoat Solo. Solo's great. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I need to. I need to be a little bit more social media savvy because maybe maybe I'll reach out to those uh, the the people who are like, really big on the make solo two happen thing. Uh, that hashtag. Uh, maybe I'll f- try to find their originators and see if it, you know what the next big solo make solo two happen day is, and maybe we can get a lot more supporters out there and maybe call some more attention to to that movie, to those actors, 
and 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 remind uh, Kathy and Disney and Lucasfilm that hey, there's a bunch of us that really really like this movie and think you are doing a huge disservice by saying that recasting these roles was a mistake. We want more, Alden. We want more, uh, uh, Donald. You know, we want more of all of this. So so maybe a bunch of us solo two people. You know the the hashtag makes a little two happen movement need to kind of get together here, and and do something to get people fired up and and make Lucas pay attention, make Lucasfilm pay attention, make Kathy Kennedy pay attention. That no, you're wrong. Solo two solo is awesome. Heck yeah! All right, I've blathered on a lot enough. I think I think I got all my points across. Um, you know, hope you didn't mind me bringing Star Trek into the conversation, <laughs> but. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's again. It's an interesting time to be a Star Wars fan, and and it's good. We're always gonna have that content, but sometimes you know when you hear something from the head of Lucasfilm, that makes your ears perk prick up. You're like, wait a second, what you what did she just say? What did she just say about Solo? What did she just say about Alden Eric? What did she just say about recasting the the classics? You have to kind of start to think about these things a little bit, and and. You know, I, like I said, I think I, I hope I covered all my bases here. Uh, I hope I've given you some food for thought. But if you let me know if you agree or disagree, you know, as much as I love these actors and these characters, uh, at, at a certain point, Mark Hamill will not be available. At a certain point, Harrison Ford will not be available. Carrie's already not available. Uh, you know, uh, uh, so many of, of the actors have have passed on. You know, Peter Mayhew. You know, no one no one was up in arms about recasting Chewbacca, right? Just a guy in a costume. How many? What's our, what? You know, technically we're in our third Boba Fett too. No one seemed to have a problem with that. Uh, so, uh, you know, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about it? All right, we're going to get out of here. We're going to wrap it up. Remember, I think I gave out the socials already. Uh, at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter, Instagram. Email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com, just in case I forgot. Uh, otherwise, I'll be back very, very soon. You're going to get this episode. Uh, you may listen to it on Friday, which means there'll be two episodes of the show in your feed because there will be another MandoVision uh, a Clone Wars rewatch dropping. And so you may have two shows to listen to on Friday. Bonus, I think. I hope. I hope that's how you take it. Then we'll be back on Monday to close out Season 5 of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, and in case you've forgotten, a programming note. When Kenobi is on, that will be the only show we're focused on. We're going to take a little break between Seasons 5 and 6. I'm sorry, of Seasons 4 and 5 of Star Wars The Clone Wars as Kenobi is on, and then we'll pick up with Season 5 of Star Wars The Clone Wars after that. Uh, at least that's the plan. Uh, I currently have a work schedule that is not good, <laughs> so we're doing the best we can. So the, the, the those, uh, what, four weeks we'll have of Kenobi will buy me a little bit of time to kind of uh, get some shows banked up so that we can we can roll into Season 5 with a, with a head of steam, all right? All right, let's get out of here. You know what that means. Uh, the, this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.